but you took a test to get your driver's license. Why don't you know these things? Like you would just automatically slow down if the narrowness is approaching and there's all these Jeeps coming at you. Howdy, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, where we put the F-U in fun, <laughs> or in off-road fun. Uh, this is the only show where you can hear Jeep owners talk about things like mud rocks and giant tires and not get weird looks. So strap in, strap on, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to uh, laugh, learn, and have a damn good time. We guarantee that after listening to us, you'll have that sudden urge to go buy a Jeep, maybe two, and hit the trails. Don't say we didn't warn you. You actually uh, went wheeling with uh, uh, his and her with with their own Jeeps recently, didn't you, Wendy? Yes, it was awesome. And they were from Tucson, Arizona. So who knew? They came to Big Bear, had a great time. Did you notice if uh, one of them had their, their Jeep more tidy inside? I mean, the, the outside's not such a big deal, but the inside, because sometimes guys have a tendency just to throw stuff on the floor and they'll pick it up later. Did you, did you notice no. anything? Was anything, they, was anything falling out as they uh, got, went off camber or one of, one no. of the other ones? <laughs> Everything was good. I think they're evenly matched in that world. Yeah. So. <laughs> they're going, are they talking about us again? This is so yeah, cool. No. Yeah. <laughs> I can just see them now. Emil and Jennifer. What? They're mixing our name again. <laughs> hey, on tonight's uh, episode, uh, news story, Field of Jeeps. Build it Ooh. and they will wheel. Uh, I don't want to say come, but that was build it and they will wheel. Not the, not the movie, but uh, kind of like <laughs> that. So uh, Larry's Fabrication Types of mig welding so yeah, is this, this is this the russian air air airline not airlines the the <laughs> fighter jets and stuff those migs the big jets we are we are building russian fighters on this one oh, i like it finally <laughs> <laughs> i want to vote for the fox bat that uh, thing that does uh, mock two point something or another yeah that's the one i want to see you build uh and then wendy's off-road adventures are off-roaders in a bad mood well i guess they can be uh, especially if they're not in jeeps and uh, must have for your Jeep, and this isn't pointed at you, Wendy, but female no. pee bottles. I can't wait for this. <laughs> Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and I just love summer and all the wheeling you can do. So many trails, so little time. Mm, good thing you live there. Yeah. I. Hi, it's Larry, and what do you know about MIG welding? It's, uh, it's uh, I don't know. I have nothing. <laughs> I can't wait to learn. <laughs> hey, another Chick Chat episode, and you have to say that slow. Uh, yes, is, you do. It's coming up soon. Keep checking. It will be released on a Monday, or maybe has already been released. Uh, the, well, we've had uh, a couple of them, I think, so yeah, gotta check so, it out. Yep, yep. So uh, we are talking to several Jeep women about being on the show. Host Julianne and Wendy, and this is the Wendy that's on the show right now, uh, yep. will be talking to these women in off-road, uh, that they are in the off-road and in the Jeep world. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Hey, we are on a mission to get 100 Patreon subscribers. I know you guys are saying, well, that's your problem. No, it's <laughs> your problem too, damn it. <laughs> if you've been entertained or informed and you want to give back, consider becoming a Patreon subscriber today. For $5, you can get ad-free content, early access, exclusive content, a Jeep Talk Show sticker, and discount codes. I mean, the discount codes alone, and Larry That's mentioned this it. on our Tuesday episode, it's going to save you more money than what it's going to cost you. And and that's yeah. that's our goal. We want it to be a win-win. Uh, not only do you get uh, the fun and a lot of episodes you can listen to, but uh, we want to uh, save you more money that you've spent with us. So just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you'll see where you can click and become a subscriber right now. And thank you very much to all, the, all of you that have already subscribed. All right, an actual field of Jeeps. You know, I don't know if this actually still exists. I would think that there'd be, uh, you know, you'd need some snipers set up <laughs> to keep the Jeepers out of this this area. There's a bunch of, uh, looks like World War II uh, Jeeps all in a field. Oh, and if, you know, if Chuck was here, he'd just be like, can I go, can I go, can I go? Yep. Uh, a bunch of them. Be out there with a the big trailer. Um, so while those uh, previously mentioned Jeeps were discarded underwater, oh, some were just left to rot. Nobody wow. enjoys seeing these forgotten, worn-down vehicles, especially when it's a Jeep. 
But similar to the previous example, it's still quite a sight. And of course, I'm talking about the the, the vehicles that were the jeep, all the jeeps, and a few tanks were dumped offshore uh, in, during World War II. So that's the the previous ones that uh, we uh, we weren't talking about. So thousands and thousands of jeeps were abandoned on the Japanese island of Awaka, Awaka, Awaka. Oh, Okinawa. Oh, Awaka. I like that. <laughs> no, it's Okinawa. I think they. I think a waka waka was uh, one of the uh, the Muppet yeah. Muppet movies. <laughs> I hope there's nobody well, listening from Japan going, "What the hell, Tony?" <laughs> yeah. Or or Okinawa. <laughs> Okinawa. Yeah, okay. uh, following World War II, considering how much it would uh, presumably cost to transport all of these vehicles back to the United States, it was initially decided that, uh, oh, this is so sad, the vehicles would be left behind. These vehicles uh, have sat there for years, providing an excellent uh, stomping ground for those seeking Jeep parts. So this is this is an open area where you can go get Jeep parts. You can, you can actually go and get them. That's, wow, that's amazing. Mm. That's a picture that you posted. And yeah, just the, buy the whole field and start a mail order right out of that. <laughs> right thinking, out of that. I'm wondering how much a boat can cost, you know? It's just, <laughs> Pick them all up and <sighs> ship them to the U.S. Gee uh, whiz. And this, and this picture that you have in the show notes, you guys have to check that out for episode 845. Um, it is sad. I mean, they are bumper to bumper just packed in there. Side by side, bumper to bumper. Oh, this just could you imagine? I mean, I know that yeah. you're you could probably find enough uh, in there to get a good running Jeep. I mean, you I still have to do some work easily. To it, yeah, yeah, I would think so. Uh, and this the history of the, the history of it too. I mean, beyond just having a, a nice World War II Jeep or nice ish World War II Jeep, this the 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 history. You wouldn't know what the history was, but it was used to fight a war and, and win a war. So, uh, yeah, I wonder if they're radioactive. That would be, that would be bad. Um, well, I'm sorry, too soon? Was that too soon? Uh, so a similar thing happened in uh, Prussian Korea following the Korean War. Jeeps were literally stacked on top of each other, and you could find a field full of the accompanying tires. You know, this kind of happened, what was it in, uh, not Iraq, was it uh, Afghanistan, when we pulled out of Af- Afghanistan a couple of years ago, and we yeah. left uh, billions of dollars of uh, equipment. Yeah, that's that's insane. Yep. You would think if somebody could use all those parts. I know it's expensive to, to, to move that stuff back, but damn, just bringing it back and giving it to the giving it to the American people would be the right thing well, to do, wouldn't and, it? And how about the museums and people that like those for history? That would be the other way to do well, it. Well, I mean, if the American people paid for this stuff, bringing it back and just, I mean, spending a little money, and I know it would be expensive, but spending a little money to bring it back and just hand the stuff out. You don't even have to pay for it. You don't, the American people have already paid for it. People could make a living off of this stuff. I mean, uh, not, not this stuff, but also, too, the stuff uh, from uh, Afghanistan. I mean, uh, I would love to have an H1 uh, uh, Humvee. I mean, I think that would be so much fun. I don't know where I'd put it, but I'd still love to have one, the, the actual off-road military vehicle. So you're saying you would actually get something you paid for? Exactly. You, you, oh you, you've already paid for it. You'll never make it government that way. No, no. <laughs> it'll, I'll just have to wait till I become king, and then it'll, it'll all straighten out real quick. I see. Yeah, really quick. But this is what, <laughs> slash of the wand. Hey, I'm king. <laughs> swash of the sword all right yeah. so uh soft top slashed if you, if you guys remember on tuesday we were talking about the 10 ways to keep your uh, your vehicle from being stolen well this is kind of going to be the anti-way uh leave your jeep unlocked so that uh they uh, they don't slice your your top but then again you could just put a sticker on there saying use the zipper dumbass oh my gosh <laughs> okay so question for you guys if yeah. you're running the soft top Locked doors or unlocked doors? What's the point? <laughs> well, That's why I'm asking. I, I think unlock so they don't do this with box cutters and try to cut into it. Come on. Exactly. Oh, it's just so funny. Uh, I mean, I can. I, you guys can well imagine with my bad jokes how many times I make the made the joke about uh, um, my wife would say something about the Jeep. I said, did you lock the keys in the Jeep? Of course, she has a soft top. So... <laughs> Oh, and and literally, uh, my daughter's uh, 2005 uh, uh, TJ, she has locked the keys in her her TJ, and then she has to unzip it and crawl in like through the back or the side or something. 
so she can get to the door to unlock it because she doesn't have half doors so you know the doors is you really have to find a way to get over or get around over there so she's like she locked her keys in the jeep a couple of times uh and was able to unlock it herself and uh, but she she tells us about it every time she thinks it's funny Anyway, if you're a criminal and uh, you run across a Wrangler with a soft top, don't cut the top. Good yeah. Lord, there's, those tops are so expensive. Uh, and it's just, it's just sad. It's just so sad to, to come out and have a, a sliced up top like that. So, yeah, just, just don't do it. Let's just unzip it. Or better yet, uh, go find the, uh, the Prius or the, the Ford Raptor or better yet, the Bronco. And get in one well, of those top oh, or, or, bro- a keyed, or a keyed fender or yeah. something like that. You don't want any of yeah. that. And the Broncos, yeah. you know, the Broncos have soft tops too. Just saying. <laughs> well, it says they even stole the D-rings off the front bumper. Uh, that I was mean, pretty seriously. cool. Yeah, that what was pretty cool. We had a We had a co-host uh, a few years back where she was uh, talking about how somebody stole one mm-hmm. D-ring off of her. One, yeah. <laughs> just one. <laughs> and would not ever consider that it just fell off because she didn't tighten it. <laughs> Well, and just as a little plug for Gear America has these great D-rings that have a lock on them. And the lock is reversed on the way you twist it. And it comes with, um, gosh, it's what I would call them. There's like pads to keep it from rattling. Yeah. Love it. So you have to have this actual key to be able to get them off. So they can't be stolen. So if you've got D-rings that are being stolen, check out Gear America's product because it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So they're not super cheap, but they're not super expensive. And in, in your recovery kit, you should have a few extra uh, D-rings in there anyway and some soft shackles. Yeah. yeah. Soft shackles for sure. D-rings just for looks. Mm-hmm. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I like. I still like the metal. Uh, the metal makes me a lot more uh, happier uh, than the, the, the soft stuff. The I know, but the metal has a higher risk of breaking. It actually has less... Um, capacity or what do you want to call it it's rated less than the soft shackles soft shackles are like forty five thousand pounds I just, and those d-rings are not that no way i'd have a, i would have, have have trouble lifting anything that was over 150 so forty five thousand just out of the question well if, if you're running a heavy jeep every pound counts at some point that's true i made a, mis- I, I made a mistake away in mine on the way back uh, from wheeling last weekend <laughs> and and what, what what's the weight is she on a diet six thousand eighty pounds Wow! Oh, you're gonna you're gonna have to have a commercial license since you've admitted that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm blaming Duke. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so uh, yeah, they stole the D rings off the front bumper. Uh, the cops said the soft tops are vulnerable. Duh. And uh, <laughs> if possible, take everything out of the Wrangler uh, at night and leave it unlocked. Uh, better to uh, let them uh, get in bent on ceiling and rummaging through an empty Jeep and save the top, soft top. You know, it still pisses me off that anybody would be in or on something that I own. Uh, it's just like coming yeah. out coming out of a restaurant or something and somebody's sitting on the, they've, they've dropped the bed of your truck down and they're sitting in the bed of, on the bed of the truck talking to their friends. Um, I would just like to just, just hit them with, uh, hit them, all of them with, uh, not only the person on the tailgate, but the people that are sitting there talking to them because they should have said, man, that's somebody's vehicle. Get the hell off of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, you yeah. just don't oh, do yeah. stuff like that. Exactly. So, uh, let's see. I can't remember, Wendy, soft top or hard top on your, uh, your JK? Hard, hard, hard top? top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So any, did you ever consider a, a soft top? No. Yes, I considered it. It was a no really quick. <laughs> Does it have I to just, do with the, uh, the the 19 feet of snow that you guys get there occasionally? Or? <laughs> yeah, 19 feet. You're good. <laughs> uh, you know, it's the heat. I just, I'm sorry. I'm going to be one to say it. it would be kind of cool to have it once in a while to have the top off. But a lot of wheeling we do is in the desert. It's 100 degrees plus. I'm not doing it. Sorry. I need my air conditioning. So. Oh, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um it was like, uh, well, this last time, uh, the third annual Jeep Talk Show event, uh, Larry was mm-hmm. at. Uh, and we never saw you show up, Wendy. Sorry, you couldn't get it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, Chuck actually got out of his uh, open-air Jeep with his wife and came and rode with me. And his excuse was he wanted to get some AC. I also, too, I think he wanted to kind of get the feel of the Gladiator, and especially off-road since he's uh, right. looking at getting one. Uh, well, actually getting one for his wife. That's an important part of that story. Uh, and because uh, she doesn't want him messing with it, <laughs> so he came over there and uh, got into the uh, the nice uh, cold air. And uh, he was telling me, uh, and I've, I think I've already mentioned this. He was telling me he doesn't see how I can wheel with 
not being able to see what's coming up because he hangs out oh, yeah, of his Jeep. Yeah, that's right. He does hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. And I, I, I went through that same mental exercise. I was like, how do people do this? I mean, I don't know what's coming up. I mean, I have to remember uh, that what was in front of the Jeep and whereabouts it should be now. And if I'm having a conversation with somebody, sometimes I forget. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets exciting. <laughs> you, ought, you ought to do that and film. <laughs> yes. And and feed your dog snacks, right? <laughs> and feed my dog snacks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, if you're a thief or a wannabe thief, don't slash the, hot, the soft tops. They're really, really expensive. All right. So, uh, you know, we talked about this recently. I don't think it was last, uh, last week, but uh, uh, the Wranglers are being uh, moved from the rock crawler category to the luxury category. SUV category. Well, mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about this? I don't know. It sounds interesting. I need some more details, but I don't want to take my Wrangler off. I mean, I want to keep my Wrangler on the off-road world, right? I don't want to be top of the luxury, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Tell us more. How about you, Larry? What do you think about it uh, being a luxury vehicle? Well, I think it, I think from that standpoint, if you look at just sheer price, and it if you look be. at it, it should at, be for price. Be, if you if you look at a fully decked out 392 with all the bells and whistles, you're in that 90 ish club. But does that so, make it a luxury X SUV just because the price is high? But maybe it's a luxury rock crawler. So <laughs> if if Jeep has their way and and they do, uh, they are they're pushing the Wrangler more towards the the luxury category. I'm not saying it's luxury, but going in that direction so the you know the jeep wrangler can uh, ford rivers crawl over uh, boulders transverse deserts and blaze through uncharted territory and uh, that's just the mcdonald's line uh fierce yet (laughs) affordable uh the humble 4x4 is has long been the go-to vehicle for outdoor enthusiasts but the jeep executives introduced the redesigned 2024 wrangler replete with all these words I'm going to have to look up, replete with all modern necessities. 12, count them, 12. That's more fingers than you have on your hands, Larry. 12-way power adjustable front seat. What does that mean, 12-way? So what, it goes up, down, sideways, back? Does it have a massage chair in it too? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. But 12-way power adjustable seat. But wait for more more information on the power adjustable seats. A 12.3-inch touchscreen and a big screen. I have absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. Um, advanced safety features. Wait, wait, wait. What's that? <laughs> what, are they leaving that? Are they you leaving know, the other safety features off the regular Jeep? A Jeep huh. with safety features just sounds un-American to me. <laughs> It sounds like they're going to strap you in and hold on, folks. (laughs) It it really comes down to your perspective on this, right? So if you're talking about an old CJ5 or an older CJ, even the stripped-down version of the Jeeps we have today would be a luxury vehicle. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's true. I I understand that. Yeah. You know. And and some CJ owners will remind you of that multiple times when you talk to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I might have gotten (laughs) that recently. kids today. (laughs) Might have heard that recently. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, advanced safety safety features, uh, contrast accent. (laughs) I'm sorry. Contrasting accent stitching. (laughs) Oh, God. The interior cloth and leather uh, and uh, acoustic front glass and thicker carpeting for a quieter ride. I don't think that's our problem. We don't care about the ride. That's why we have a Jeep. Well, if the, if you have that and the windows are rolled up, it helps keep people from hearing the screaming okay. of your significant other as you're going <laughs> off road. <laughs> Wait a minute. I have to point something out for the listeners. Y'all have to check out the picture on episode 845 for this. So they're talking about it being super luxury. The, the picture looks great, but the doors are completely off. So tell me. <laughs> How many of you have been in the dust, the dirt, a trail that's just normal or the wind's blowing? That is going to look just like my regular Jeep now, brown and whatever. So there you go. Well, I you don't need, get it. You need some cleaning putty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently you need a gallon of it. That's right. <laughs> so you, you said acoustic glass. Acoustic yeah. glass, yes. Does that break as as quick as the normal glass? It's like the no, old it, memory Memorix tape, tape <laughs> commercials where they play at the glass breaks. No, it's um, a really slow break. Let me look it up and see what they say. So this is this is the other part to the twelve way power adjustable front seats because I like this. This is important. 
drivers can now have water up to their knees and still have a power seat. So you can still you can still adjust the seat. Like maybe you break. could maybe you could raise it up, you know, to help Wait. keep the privates out of the water. Last time I checked, electrical things in water were not a good thing. They put these labels on the blow dryers, hey. all kinds of stuff. They've they fixed it so that you could do it. Okay, here here here's what acoustic glass is. Sound right. control glass, soundproof glazing. It is uh, from traffic and neighbors to construction airports. Acoustic glass solutions can offer protection against noise at all frequencies. Laminated acoustic glass comprises two or more panes of glass bonded together using PVB interlayers. By combining different combinations of glass thickness and numbness of... Oops, hang on a second. got to read more. Weird. By combining uh, thickness of glass, oh wait, this article just did something weird. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> is, and numbers, isn't, that, isn't that most glass, most window glass? It's two layers with some kind of uh, layer in between. Yeah, but this for, looks like for it's houses. Sound, I don't know that to be for vehicles though. It sounds a sound control glass solution. So that would be this, amazing if they had nitrogen filled uh, okay. you know, between two panes and stuff. That would be weird. But, but seriously, Larry, isn't I mean, Tony, you know, this part of jeeping is you want to hear. You want to hear what's happening with the ground. You want to hear what's happening with your jeep. You want to hear it creaking, whatever, breakings, whatever you're doing to it. I, I don't want to be in a soundproof vehicle. I'll remind you guys. <laughs> maybe, maybe, and this is probably high, 5% of the public take their jeeps off-road. And, and again, I'm not talking about the McDonald's drive-thru. I know, I know. So this is for the 95% that uh, Jeep needs to be buying Wranglers so that they can at least feel. Uh, let me ask you a quick question. Have either one of you guys seen that robot, uh, that uh, ro uh, crazy robot movie, uh, Megan? Uh-uh. No. So no. I started watching it the other day. My wife wanted to see it. She started watching it, and I don't think she made it through it either. Um, but anyway, in the, the first uh, few minutes of the, the movie, <clears throat> there's a, a guy with a, uh, a beard, mustache beard, has a beanie on his head. He's driving a uh, an SUV, and they're in a very wintry environment. And his uh, his wife is telling him to slow down. It's dangerous. Should we even be out here? And uh, well, the the man asked me if uh, this was a four wheel drive, and she says, "Is it?" He goes, "I don't know. It looks like a four wheel drive." <laughs> so fortunately, their characters die right after saying all this stuff. <laughs> So Good. I think, yeah, I think that that is a common thing for people. They don't know. And I was in this in, in the same place when I was 16, 18 years old. I didn't know really what a four-wheel drive was. Right. I mean, right. Uh, we, we actually set up our trucks uh, with uh, those little spacer things that go on the coils in the front to raise up mm -hmm. the front of it to make it sit level, to make it look like a four-wheel drive. And even put tires on it that, not necessarily mud terrains or anything, but things that look more aggressive. And right. to, to us... That wasn't necessarily the ability to have the front axle uh, give you traction, but it looked like a four-wheel drive. So, damn it, we were cool. And and there's people out there buying uh, vehicles, and they, they may know enough about it to get a Jeep Wrangler, and that is a four-wheel drive. Uh, this obviously wasn't a Jeep they were driving because it would have been four-wheel drive. Um, so, uh, but uh, it, the, what's important to people isn't the capability really i mean if they if they were informed and that's part of what we do here if they were informed they may be more concerned about it uh but uh sometimes just the look is all they're interested in going in the, the look and the payment yeah no I, I understand that and i think it would be nice to have a luxury suv and have a quiet ride and all that in the highway who wants to hear all that stuff on the highways but i'm just saying and you're right people buying this probably won't be going off road because you're not going to get it all dirty but if, if I had a 392, I want to hear it all day long. <laughs> oh, yes. Give me that. I keep saying to Jeep, send, send me one to Southern California. I will test it through all of our trails. Well, you know, good feedback. You know, John Lee was bragging the other day, uh, I think after the Zoom meeting, he was talking about his uh, Grand Wagoneer that he recently purchased. Uh, and uh, he, uh, he says it's so much fun going to the uh, parking garage and setting off car alarms. With, <laughs> with that uh, absolutely that Hemi that he's got in there How and fun. yeah and he also uh, the the neighbors uh, and this isn't them complaining it's the guys going hey man what you get in there you know exactly <laughs> sounds really really good yeah Ooh. it does I mean you're never going to get that with an electric vehicle uh, electric vehicle is no. going to outperform and outpace a, a combustion engine but still that sound I love that oh, V8 man. sound so good yeah so good. 
So when is this supposed to come out? It says 2024. So is that this yeah. year or they'll produce well, it? What and is get that? It out? Is that usually September? Like, uh, so just a couple of months? Uh, then the 2024 line come out like in September or so of uh, the previous year, like 23? Yeah. Yeah, it so, must. So the the uh, as the Wranglers' popularity has risen, so has the price. The base <laughs> four door Wrangler Sport starts at thirty six thousand nine hundred and ninety, uh, and and you don't get what you want on that. You have no, to you have to add. add yeah. You have to for a sport, absolutely. Yeah, and the Rubicon three ninety two with a six point four liter V eight SRT Hemi engine has yes. a MSRP of $82,495. That's almost three times the sport, but yeah. you have everything you need on that. I don't think you have to do much to it. Larry, do you think? Maybe tires? Well, Maybe you know how tires? that works, Wendy. There's always something you got to do to it after <laughs> you get it. cheap, Wendy. <laughs> While you're in there, I'm just saying, somebody who's listening for the first time might be thinking, hey, if I get a Rub- Rubicon 382, do I have to do much to it? Not much. You know, there's you know, there's another ten grand worth of mods coming after you buy the vehicle. So, easily, oh yeah, easily. and that's good because Larry wants to buy those uh, those axles from you whenever you've taken them off. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, but there you know, one thing it doesn't come with is the cleaning putty. So if you no, that's six dollars and eighty. If you get a buddy, right? <laughs> if you got a buddy that just got a three ninety two, be a good guy and get them some cleaning putty. They'll be happy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like that statement. <laughs> That sounds kind of silly. <laughs> oh, get silly it? putty. Silly putty. Get it? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I'll mention the Wrangler uh, 4xe, which is the proper way of saying that. Uh, oh, 4xe. The top selling plug-in hybrid in the U.S. starts at $54,735 before the 37, uh, I should say 37000 Say, I wish. 3,700, it's, it's billion with an M, uh, <laughs> $3,750 uh, federal tax credit. And I'll just remind you people, and you, you guys correct me if this is wrong, just because you have a tax credit doesn't mean you're getting $3,750 off of these things. That only is only true if you're, when you're paying your taxes, if you owe right. more than thirty-seven, uh, $37,000, $3,750. <laughs> So you may get zero, or if you're if you're always getting money back every year, you're not going to get that uh, three seven five zero back. So you're yeah, obviously neck- trying to con- convince people that that's really not a deal. That credit, <laughs> the way you yeah, said my, it. My neck of the woods, it almost works out to a ten percent. When you buy a new vehicle, you're writing a check for ten percent. Oh, God, that's that just amazes me that people put up with that. Hey guys, Devo from Aurora, Illinois. Party on Wayne. So I was listening to episode 837. You guys were talking about where Starlink is going to eventually be able to use a cell phone. The implication in an emergency of that, I think that's actually fabulous. But obviously we're not there yet. You know, these options are buy a cell phone for a stupid amount of money. One thing you guys can rent are personal locator beats called spot devices. Those are linked to a na- nationwide monitor, actually worldwide monitor, where you press that button they're going to go anywhere in the world where you're at, and they're going to send the help. Now, keep in mind that a yearly subscription, um, I haven't looked at it recently, but it was about $100 a year for the subscription, and you have to buy the whole year. Uh, Garmin has an in-reach, which you can actually text message through the, uh, the personal location device and send messages to message right now. But if you want to spend the yearly subscriptions, you can rent them for about $45 a week. So if you know you're going off into the wilderness, which I'm actually doing coming up here at the end of uh, July. I'll be up in the Boundary Waters Canoe area on the Minnesota-Canada border, and we're going to get a spot just because i got some younger kids who are not mine with me. Um, you know, just that little peace of mind. But do what you do, and you want to enjoy it, but you have that worry, or maybe the wife and family are concerned, because as you get up there in age, obviously your abilities are a little less. You know, for backpacking and stuff, cheaping, different story. But those are just some options to have. Love the show. Trying to catch up on the episodes. Peace out. That's a, really cool. That's he, a great uh, advice. Yeah. Oh, very much so. You know, he has a, uh, I'm just going to say, I'm, I think this is true. He's got a boring job. I don't know why he's not listening to the show every day at work. <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> he does a lot of stuff to scouts. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's a perfect time. You don't want to hear what all those scouts are saying. Just uh, put the earbud in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Roll Johnny around. He'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, All goodness. right. <laughs> so, Larry, I don't have, I haven't pulled the uh, the intro for your fabrication uh, segment uh, out of the uh, Nikki G's voicemail yet. Nikki G's. So, if, <laughs> if was, you don't, I, I, I was waiting for the intro. If you don't mind, just kind of hum that. Uh, I know you only heard it once, so. <laughs> and then once you've yeah, hummed it, go ahead. That'll be a fail. Go ahead and, and start with your uh, your segment and, here. And there's everybody going. What are they talking about? Check out episode <laughs> what are they 843. Talking about? Check about check out 843. Oh, you have to listen Nikki to every G. show. You have to listen yes, to Yes, you do. Show. You have to. That's all part of it. <laughs> At least now I know what I'll get next time. <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk about the two types of MIG welding that most small fabricators and garage builders use. Right. And now it depends on what you're planning on welding and where you're going to weld. But m- both of these are what's called short circuit MIG. And we're not going to we're not going to nerd out too much on that. But there's several MIG welding processes. We're specifically, hard to say, we're going to focus on flux core with hardwire and hardwire with gas. And those are traditionally the two that most people are going to use if they're working in their garage, even even most small shops. And Wendy, you talked about you were going to do some uh, work with one of your women's group. Did they tell you what kind of MIG welding you're going to do? Just MIG welding, as far as I know. So I'm not sure which okay. which wire we're doing yet. Okay. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about both of those, right? And they both have big advantages, and there's there are some disadvantages as well. Right. So for the flux core, flux core welding, say that fast. You know, some of the big advantages of that is you have less consumables, meaning you don't need the gas that you'll need with the other one for shielding. And it's really big if you got to weld outside or if you have a lot of fans inside running because you don't have to worry about that shielding gas being blown off that you have to worry about with the other form of welding. And for the most part, if you can't afford to buy a bigger welder, a lot of times your flux core welders will weld just a little bit thicker material than the hard wire with gas. But like most things, every pro's got a con. And that that flux core will leave a slag on the weld when you're when you're applying it. So you'll have to clean that off to really see what the weld pool looks like. Now after you get after you've used it quite a bit, you you get used to what you'll see so that when you pull that flux, that slag off the outside, it's not such a mystery. And it's harder to use the flux core if you're doing any kind of sheet metal. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen, you know, when people do body work and stuff like that, when mm-hmm. a MIGWELL panel is on, traditionally that's not a flux core. Because it's, it's a little bit hotter and you have the slag on the outside that you, do want, you don't want to have to clean off, right? And there is a little bit more technique involved, but for the most part... The flux core welders are a good way to start. You don't have to go out and get a tank of gas. And uh, consumables are pretty easy. You can find wire just about anywhere. I know, Tony, you and I talked last week a little bit about some of the consumables or some of the gear. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's one thing you can buy at a Lowe's or uh, even your Home Depot's. Uh, you can buy at Lowe's, you can buy your link and wire and flux core. And it's a nice place to go up when you run out just to, just to get something like the wire. It's uh, Lincoln makes a nice wire that they sell there. Now, if you're wanting to run hard wire with gas, which is nice because you won't have the slag. One of the big advantages are is you can see that weld pool when you're, when you're welding. And the big difference when you're welding one versus the other, traditionally when you're running hard wire with gas, you're pushing the pool. So you're on the leading edge as you weld. And when you're running flux, traditionally there's a saying, if it has slag, you drag. So there's a little technique difference there. And if you're running, you want to run thinner metals, the hard wire with gas is nice because you can really turn down the voltage and you don't have the slag to deal with. 
that is the one nice thing about running the hard wire with gas. But if you're running uh, outside, once again, you got to make sure you don't have wind or you're not running around a fan because the minute that it blows that shielding gas away, you get huge pits and porosity in your weld. You'll have to grind all that out. And that's that's one of the things for your trail welders and stuff like that. Traditionally, those are almost always flux core. That way you don't have to worry about where's my tank of gas or is it breezy or something like that. So one of the biggest things to remember is if you're welding outside, is it breezy? And what type of material are you going to weld are some of your big considerations if you want to run flux core or hard wire with gas. But either way, material prep is, is going to be the same. Before you do any kind of MIG welding or really any kind of welding, you want to get down to a bright metal. You don't want to try to weld through the rust or the paint or the scale. You can get by a little bit more with a flux core welder, but at its core, you don't want to try to weld on any of that, any of those things that give you contamination. Sometimes on a trail, you do what you have to do, right? But the key thing, if you're buying a welder that'll do both, is double check your polarity because your polarity is different from flux core to hard wire with gas. Hard wire with gas, you'll run, the wire is called electropositive, and on flux core, it's electronegative, and you'll see that by a lot of the spatter you get without getting too nerdy here in that. One of the biggest things I see when people buy a welder, it'll do both, that uh, have problems is that it's not set properly. And we cover some of this on some of our videos on Jeeping Bow about getting a polarity set right and uh, some of the techniques as well. The biggest thing, if you're going to buy a welder, buy some extra material and buy some extra wire and just accept that you're going to go through some of it while you try to develop your technique. So when do you, when do you, when do you plan on doing uh, your welding with your group? Uh, this month, and it's um, oh. part of it's part of the Ladies Off Road Network Challenge that I'm doing. So oh, I nice. have I have everything that I need. Um, we just have to pick a date so that Bill can work with me a little bit, so I understand. And there's a two part section where to take two pieces of metal and kind of make like a an L shape, if you will, and weld that to understand how to do that. And they are recommending that we MIG weld. I'm not sure. I know we've got a welder, and I don't have enough knowledge yet. I'm still learning. Sure. Um, but I already have the jacket and the gloves. We already got that ready to go, and the helmet. Good. So I'm ready to go with those supplies, and it's just a matter of I'm excited. So I've designed my piece because you have to design a piece, and it, the challenge is that you have to do something you would use in your house. Okay. So I'm using horseshoes because that was easy to do. Um, that's kind of our theme anyway, horses and stuff. So I'm making kind of a holder for plates and stuff that you would do like at a barbecue or that kind of thing. Oh, very so nice. We have all the components. I just need to start and practice. Um, and I'm not sure if it's flux core or if we're doing hard wire. I want to think that we do have gas, but I'm not sure okay. because we also have a stick welder. So I'm not sure which one is which yet. So still learning. No, it's all, it's all part of the fun, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it is. It, I can't wait. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the biggest part of this that you know when people buy it, especially their first welder, you don't mm -hmm. know what you don't know. Exactly. And there's a there's a there's a lot of settings and a lot of technique involved. And like I said, I cover some of this in our uh, YouTube channel, Jeeping Mo. And it's it's all about just getting in there. Most of your machines has some settings to start from when you first open up. Usually, it's on the inside of the lid. Okay. They'll give you they'll give you some of your voltage settings and uh wire feed and one last thing i'll leave everybody with when you're trying to set your the penetration of the wire it's actually not the voltage it's actually the wire feed you're trying to push the wire in you just need the voltage to do it so your penetration actually comes from the wire feed not the voltage interesting so let me ask you a quick question, and you, this may be a nonsensical question, and feel free to call me out on it. 
Um, what's the difference between electric welding and uh, friction welding? Do you wind up so with the same thing? I mean, I know the friction welding is probably more difficult to do, especially with things that aren't round that you can spin. But I've seen friction welding, and it looks like it's doing the same thing. Yeah, it's very similar. So friction welding, like you said, traditionally it's spinning, and it's just sheer pressure, right, that, that's, that's causing that. And traditionally they don't use a filler rod, right? It's the two materials, and it just it truly is just brute force. And you're melting. Of, the, the, the friction is melting the metals. Correct. And then it cools, and when it cools, it's, it's now one piece. You have, you have a bond, right? Yeah. And that's, that's basically what you're doing with, elect with the electric welding as well, right? Well, electric welding is, I if it's the same thing you're talking about, traditionally when you say electric welding is people are traditionally talking about stick welding. Well, make would be electric as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it's, one of those, it's one of those slang things, right? So I'll say the old timers, when they say electric welding, they traditionally means stick welding. Oh, okay. I is, didn't know that. Which is which is different than than MIG welding. But, Absolutely, I know that much. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a slang thing. If depending who's saying it, if you if it was an older person saying electric welding, I would traditionally think it meant stick welding. But I mean, all all you're talking about when you weld something is you're melt melting two pieces of metal together. With usually with filler rod, yes. Now you can weld without filler rod, but but for the most part, you're going to add filler. And the filler rod does what? So the filler rod is is kind of your glue that that. So in the process, you're melting both materials you're wanting to put together, uh -huh. and the filler rod fills the gap, if you will. Right. So even if you uh -huh. think of it like a like a hot glue gun. Yeah. Like when you mm -hmm. do an arts and crafts, that hot glue gun makes that bead down there and it's sticking the two pieces together. The only difference is when you're actually welding, you're melting those two pieces and you're trying to get fusion or penetration into the base deals with your filler material. Right. Now you can weld without filler, which is predominantly more of your TIG welding. Ah. But for the most part, you're going to use a filler rod, which is going to be your your weld, if you will, and it, in your it's melting the two base materials for fusion. Mm -hmm. It's going to be stronger with the filler than it would be with just the two uh, melted surfaces, because you you get more contact area using the filler. Does that sound right? Yeah. You can say I, no. I would, that's completely wrong. <laughs> I, well, no, I, I don't want to say yes or no because depending on what kind of welding you're doing. That would change that answer drastically. Mm -hmm. right? I think because I think you have to kind of understand what it is that you're accomplishing. Right. Uh, I mean, you can absolutely right. learn how to weld and just know how to do it. But at least for me, I like to understand what the accomplishment is, other than getting two pieces of metal to stick together and uh, and be strong. Would you say that a weld is can be stronger than the metal itself, or is it always weaker? It can be stronger. So the one thing you always have to worry about, and this is what we're going we're gonna to nerd out here for a second, is about your heat-affected zone. Right. So when, when you're welding, you're, you're heating up the areas you're welding with. And if you're not careful with the heat-affected zone, you could actually turn, this, turn the metal brittle where it, mm -hmm. where it will actually break easier. Mm -hmm. And also, depending on what filler rods or sticks or whatever you are using as a with a filler that strength will change right because you can buy different strength filler rods as well so these are all oh things you go so i get the feeling through. that welding is actually pretty easy but i mean just the physical act of welding is probably pretty easy the difficult part is keeping up with all these what ifs <laughs> sure <laughs> i mean if you, if you look at from the surface think of it like driving we all drive but then think about all the different versions of things you can drive out there, mm -hmm. right? It's right, kind of like welding. Exactly. There, there's welding, and then there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's people out there who can take a weld and do some magical things with it. And yes. they, you know, if you're welding stuff, let's say that's going out to Mars, or you know, simple things you're welding a truss on your axle, it's all welding. But from that that point on. 
the similarities are all different, right? So, yeah, there's there's a huge range for welding. And for most people, if you're just hobby welding or garage welding, for the most part, it's just you need the hood time. Try to understand what, what you don't know. And that's mm -hmm. where sometimes the hardest part is accepting that you don't know. Yeah. And, and, and always trying to grow because not all pretty welds are strong. Right? Not all strong welds are pretty. And not all, all pretty weld welders are strong. I've heard that one as well. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> the biggest thing is get out and build something and uh, try to make each weld better than the last one. I guess uh, a welder is kind of like a lawyer. They're practicing. You're always practicing. <laughs> You're always practicing. Yeah. Like everything else, you know. Or a doctor, the, the, which is scary. Well, <laughs> yeah, geeks. <laughs> On that note, you know what you call the doctor who just barely passed, right? Mm -mm. Doctor. <laughs> God. Watch out, Nikki G. <laughs> All right, Wendy, we're throwing a new segment into the mix because you do a lot of stuff off-road uh, with uh, uh, Trails 411. Uh, Don Alexander, your husband, Bill, and uh, you have a lot of adventures that you can share with us, both current and past. So uh, you're going to share with uh, one with us tonight. Well, I'm just, yes, I'm going to be doing that. I'll bring some of those back into play, but I wanted to just share something that happened on this last run that we talked about on episode 843. Um, it was a perfect run. Everything was great. But when we got closer to town, I just was kind of asking Bill, is everybody angry? Like when they off-road? I don't understand how you could be angry. And what I mean by that is you're on a narrow dirt road. You can barely have enough space for two Jeeps to pass. So we're a group of eight. And here comes, first one was a Jeep, believe it or not. And the guy didn't even look at us. Bill's trying to hold up his fingers. You know, we talk about that, about telling how many people you have behind you. So we had seven. The guy never even looked. So Bill kind of yells, hey, because there wasn't enough room for that Jeep to continue driving without letting us pass. And we're a bigger group, right? So we talked about that on the show, too, about what's the etiquette? You know, are you uphill, downhill? Who goes first? Well, generally, the bigger group has the right away because imagine trying to get eight Jeeps to pull over to find a space on a narrow road when you're a single Jeep. So the guy finally stops and he looks at us with this look of like, well, so go around us. <laughs> like what? And we're like, we're <laughs> yeah. like, what the hell? I mean, seriously, what is going on here? So that was fine. The guy was weird. You know, we just passed by. Um, then comes a vehicle. Well, this is very typical when you find somebody with a truck or another car. Again, this road that we're on, the very last part of this trail, super easy dirt road. Anybody could have been on it with any kind of, even a Prius could have been on it. So again, two women not even looking at us. Finally, they build us the same thing. Hey, you know, stop. And they're like, okay. And they're looking at him like he's going to jump out of the car and do something to them. It was really hilarious. <laughs> and he's like, I want to let you know that there's eight of us, you know, total, there's seven of us. And they're like, and what do we do with that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> what do we, yeah, what do we do with this information? <laughs> and we're like, you need to wait, let us pass. That was like some foreign concept. Then we get this guy in a truck and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I just, this is why I love to wheel out in the tough stuff. I like the rockier things because I don't get into these easy roads with all these idiots. I'm sorry. And part of it is they just don't know, right? Yeah, I have to feel for them saying, you just don't understand. But then I said to Bill, in the DMV test for the state of California, <laughs> it says there's questions specifically training about how you pass somebody. I do not understand how people just driving down a road, and you would have seen at least three or four Jeeps behind our Jeep, would have thought that the road was wide enough for you all to squeeze in. I just don't understand it. So anyway, that's my little rant for the day is like, people, pay attention. If you see other people coming, why don't you at least slow down to see what's happening? Is there enough room to pass? I mean, luckily, it wasn't a shelf road with, you know, 300 feet down. But there was no way for us to get around these people unless they did pull over slightly. Mm -hmm. So I just don't understand if people were just in a pissed off mood because it was the holiday, holiday, they were mad because they couldn't find what? I don't know what's going on. They didn't know. This, I mean, if they're well, not looking at you and then yeah, the women, when you were talking about the way she, uh, they reacted, reacted to Bill, it was like yes. they didn't know. They didn't um, know. And I, I mean, that happens, that happens to all of us. I so. guess, yeah. And I, I do we're feel right. bad. I'm not not trying to rant on that but you know i feel bad for them that they don't know but i'm thinking 
but you took a test to get your driver's license. Why don't you know these things? Like you would just automatically slow down if the narrowness is approaching and there's all these jeeps coming at you why wouldn't you slow well down? i'm not trying to defend anybody but just as a uh devil's devil's advocate so to yes, speak please. uh what if you're in a environment that you've never been in before and you literally have to turn the radio down because yes. you're having trouble thinking i get it <laughs> and so, trust no, me we, i've <laughs> and now people are holding to, up fingers at you. <laughs> yes. You know, from trying to figure out which group is larger on the pass. So when, so it was the year before last when we were all in Colorado, there yes. was probably five or seven of us on Imogene going through the shelf roads. And uh, we were all trying to get around a corner and all of a sudden, you know, someone starts coming through. That's when we found out they had 15. Ooh. Yeah. So... Everybody was stacked up on the side and uh, trying to make room for all those to come through. We thought we were the bigger group until we hit that one. Well, I think, too, you know, just like you said about Tony was saying, people don't know. I understand if you're on a vehicle or you're in a truck and maybe you've never done off-roading. You think this off-roading is right. cool because it's a fire road. I get that. But you could clearly see on some of these the length of how big we were. And sure. just the sheer, the sheer fact of I should just pull over makes sense. Um, now the Jeeper in the beginning that I, I'm sorry, I have no words for that. If you're driving a Jeep, you need to be with people that are sharing this information. And if you're leading a group as mentors, tell them, let people know that what they could expect or could do. I mean, it's so easy. I remember one trail ride we had, um, and it was, we had the Redlands Jeep group. We were taking brand new Jeepers out on a basic trail ride and we came around a corner and this guy was in a Jeep and he had two other people out and they were hunters. And it was that time of the year where they were hunting and he was still moving. And we were like, you got to wait for us to get past. And he's like, why? <laughs> well, because the road isn't big enough for all of us, sir, you know, trying to be nice. And you just think, okay, he's driving a Jeep because that's what the vehicle he used to go on hunt. And that's fine. Maybe he's not a quote Jeeper and doing what we do, but I just don't understand the common courtesy of, the road is narrowing because all these Jeeps are coming by. Why don't I want to slow down? That's what I couldn't understand with these three, is they did not even slow down to think about their own vehicle, and you're going to crash. You're going to run into somebody. You're going to scrape on the side. So anyway. So I may, I may be part of the problem, but I can tell you that um, when I drive off-road, and I have to catch myself on this, uh, when I drive off-road, I drive like I'm on the highway or on uh, surface streets. But you shouldn't. And, and I understand that. That's why I have to catch myself. But I, yeah. And that includes following too close on somebody. Yes. Uh, so if you don't have experience off-road, and guess. I don't know if, if driving on the surface streets for you guys is a maddening, angry type experience, and it's not always. It but <laughs> so you, there's a certain amount of aggressiveness that you have to show. Otherwise, sure. you're going to be bullied like a, uh, a self-driving electric vehicle. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I understand that. And I, and, I, I, and I bet you that they're new to off-road, but they're doing with what they're, they've been successful doing in the past, which yeah. is doing what they learned on the surface streets. But it's yeah. different. And it, it makes, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, we're very nice about it, trying to explain well, until but, Bill got out and was going to kick those women's ass. No, he did not do that. <laughs> he was in the Jeep the whole time. Just trying Take to say that. Can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. But I'm just saying. Does, general Bill, rule, does Bill listen to the show? Because I hope he, he does. Because I say this does. stuff just to, to wind him up. Oh, man. And, and every time. So I, who was it? Was it a couple of times ago that somebody called in and said yes, but he didn't run out of gas or yeah. something like that? Bill was la we does, were laughing. Does he glare at you? Does he glare at oh you? can tell us. Like, no, he goes, I'm never going to live that down. I said, you're not ever. It's going to be on no. the show So I, I have to bring him up to date real quick before we uh, before we move on. But the uh, uh, Wendy outed Bill. Uh, when he went on uh, Gold, <laughs> Gold Mountain by himself and yes, ran out of family. gas. Yeah, well, with I'm sorry, family. with family. And ran yeah. out of gas up on Gold Mountain because he, yeah. he didn't do the Jeeper rule, which is make sure you have like at least a half a tank or something. Yes. And, and he had gas, but because he, he was gas. in a weird angle, the 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 the, the pickup wouldn't uh, bring the gas wouldn't to the engine, yeah. so yeah. literally he had to move the uphill or downhill though. He was going downhill, and literally <laughs> the only time he's ever had to winch himself downhill. Think about that for a moment, folks. Let's use it that actually wheel. Oh, somebody's yeah. gonna. If somebody saw that, go look at that idiot. He's never been off road before. What's he doing? <laughs> 
Exactly. Does, doesn't he know about yeah. gravity? <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, he couldn't go anywhere. He had, yeah. no, he had no power. No, I know. He had but no just, power. <laughs> but just looking at it from afar, you know, you'd be making yeah. all these judgment calls. Oh, oh great information, so Wendy. And, and again, I'm just playing devil's devil's yeah, advocate. Yeah, no, you uh, should. We want yeah. people asking questions. We want yes. people going off road. And don't don't fear being stupid because we yeah. all are at one point it's all or another. Good. Yeah, it's, it's all good. It's yeah. all a learning experience. <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. I wonder if this is version two of an intro for for Larry. Uh-oh. Hey, this is oh, Nikki Jean. You talked about the great the Great Smoky Mountain Jeep invasion. Oh, you're lucky. Which is coming up in August. The Smoky Mountains border North Carolina and Tennessee, so it's it's pretty much in my backyard. But uh, the residents of Smoky Mountains, uh, the political correct term for them is Appalachian Americans. And uh, here, here's hey, hey. a few tips for when you visit the North Carolina side of the smoke, Great Smoky Mountains. Here in North Carolina, we love our iced tea sweetened. I mean, if there's enough sugar in it to choke a horse, we oh, consider yeah. that unsweetened <laughs> iced tea. Oh, my gosh. And we put coleslaw with everything. Everything <laughs> comes I love with coleslaw. coleslaw. And if you yes. ask for a substitution for coleslaw, we take that as an insult. Yes. And if oh. you don't like coleslaw... Well, then just uh, save yourself the embarrassment and just keep your ass at home. And if you really want to impress us, you will pick up your coleslaw and put it on your sandwich and eat it. It's not as bad as it sounds. Well, that's not what I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that the owner of my local smoke shop turned it into an apparel store. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, it's clothes but no cigar. Oh, God. oh boy! Did you get that one, Trust Larry? Me, Took me a that second. one is eighteen percent. Yeah, funnier. I got that one. You'll laugh <laughs> no. all day about it. All no, right, boys and girls, funny. I'll chat you later. And you have a good one. Bye. <laughs> I like the coleslaw. I'm hungry. Oh, I love, My mouth I know, is I want, watering. I want coleslaw. Oh, he needs, love he needs coleslaw. to send us some coleslaw. You know, it's hard to find coleslaw that isn't too sweet. I like the yes. good mixture of uh, the the sauce, uh, but not too much. And where yeah. you get the carrot and the and, uh, the and slaw. It's not I mean, too the, uh, mushy. The I don't like mushy yeah, yeah. or too much. Vinegar or mayo. Yeah. Huh? Vinegar or mayo. Yes. There's two types. Yes. Yes. Both. <laughs> I like them both, but I just don't want the mayo to I be I think they both should be. I said I think they should both be in there. And maybe some uh, some green olives. I don't know. No. <laughs> so the must have I stuff. I don't think that's coleslaw. Pick I don't, of the week yeah, for your Jeep. Uh, so this is, uh, this is where we're going with this. Female urinal. Oh, God. Is this where I can leave the show right now or what? Now, Seriously? this is the most important thing that this product could say. It is spill proof. Right. And it's 32 <laughs> ounces. So if you're a big gulp fan, you should you should you be cannot. able to have a big gulp and oh, run fill. now, Wendy. Run now. <laughs> wait, I got to find a picture of this for the show notes. This no, you is, don't. No, you don't. Like, oh, what is this? And, the, and the, I never even thought about this because I bought a pair of these things uh, for uh, for males for the trip to Moab because uh, I have a tendency to I didn't I didn't know we were going to stop so often, Larry, uh, and I have a tendency to have to go to the bathroom before I, f- I fill up the tank. And it, wouldn't it be wonderful it if the thing ran, wouldn't it be wonderful if the jeep ran off a of pee? You could just you know do two things at once. Um, <laughs> so I didn't realize you could buy these female urinals. The, the travel urinals and uh but you can a female or a male can use them because you know audi and a, any <laughs> wait a minute okay so i <laughs> i have questions this is i don't know if this is rated for the show maybe i shouldn't but how don't the heck ask. do you use this i know i'm saying it but i have to our listeners are asking the same thing so <laughs> okay have you is ever this- stood up and to, to pee Yes. Okay, so you put, Yeah, we do it all the put, time when we're outside jeeping. What's you, the big deal? You put this thing like uh, it would be a gas mask. Like a, think, right. think you're going right to be Right between your legs. So you have to pull your pants down. Oh, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say that on the show. That's a little too graphic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> So I think you actually have to get out for something like this, uh, and but, but everybody's used to going out uh, peeing out on out on the trail anyway, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, so, so but anyway, this this may be more advantageous uh, if you're not on the trail and you have an emergency where you need to stop and you, you're not going to be able to make it to the to the bathroom. I think these were primarily designed for uh, uh, private pilots and their passengers. 
because it is really difficult to find a place to go pee. Uh, and you can't pee out through an open window. It's just going to come right back at you. So, so one of these out. one of these things was was a, a lot better. Anyway, these are uh, unisex bed pans. They're uh, a two pack. So uh, if you're by yourself, you can drink two big gulps and fill up both these things. Uh, Nineteen ninety five from Amazon. We'll have that in the show notes for episode eight forty five. It's it's interesting. <laughs> there you go, girls. You can check it out. Yeah, don't 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 look that up at work. Just telling you. And I and I did not post a picture. I don't think it's necessary, but the link is there. So there you go. Oh boy! Spill, All right. Well, spill proof. <laughs> it's spill proof and uh, sturdy construction. Yes. Okay. I need to move off of this because <laughs> we could go way deep into this. All right. Well. It's always a little sad when we end the trail, but there's always another trail ride just down the road. Deep Talk Show has four episodes a week, and oh wait, we're adding a fifth one on Mondays. Chick Chat, check it out. So that's Monday through Friday. Subscribe and never miss an episode. Speaking of subscribing, consider keeping the Deep Talk Show on the air by subscribing to all of the shows via Patreon. It's the place to go for all the information, how to subscribe, and how to contact us. DeepTalkShow.com slash contact. Check it out. No one's perfect, but if you drive a Jeep, you're pretty close. Broadcasting since 2010.